The Anthony and Todd Show. Welcome everyone to the Anthony and Todd Show. I'm your host, Vincent, and after a period of podcast inactivity, we are back with not only a new episode, but a new format as we restructured how we wanted the Anthony Todd Show to run. We did more edited and heavily crafted reviews on the YouTube channel now, so we decided we wanted to make the podcast its own isolated thing, so we're going to be switching from more critiquing music to interviewing artists and people who have weird connections to this thing we call music that we all enjoy so much. So this week we have a very, very spectacular first guest. He's a Philadelphia MC. He goes by the name of Darko the Super. He is known for his collaborations with artists like Little B, MC Paul Barman, and Mr. Motherfucking Esquire. Earlier this year, he released an album with Still Tip Dove called The Devil Defeated, which was a spectacular, fun, and zany project that had some terrific moments like Butterflies My Tummy. Heavily suggest that you guys look it up. It's on Spotify, it's on Bandcamp, all the good streaming services. He also has a new album coming out on June 5th on Cold Rhyme Records called Nevermind, which he gave us an advanced copy of. Me and Trevor listened to it and enjoyed it very much. We're going to be talking to him today about his creative process how he feels about being a non-typical rapper and being a very heavily character-based MC. We're going to be talking about his influences and some of the weird connections he's made throughout his years of being an independent artist. So without any further ado, let's get right into the interview with Darko the Super. All right. Hey, everybody. We are here on the Anthony and Todd Show with a very special episode for you today. And we are with one of the most eccentric and prolific indie rappers out there, Darko the Super. Darko, how you doing today? Doing good, Frank. Thank you. The thing, I, I think a lot of audience members who may not know you, I think they'll find to be the most key about you is how character based you are. You're not afraid to take so many like very nerdy, but also like very heartwarming and genuine risks to your music, whether it's like the references you make to like stuff like Das Racist or the Andy Milanakis show or like how you on this new album, uh, like some of your more uh, vocal performances, how you sing like on P.F. Chang's. Like I like your ability to I guess manifest your own unique character. So like one of the things I want to ask you is like, do you find it hard because you have a unique style to like market yourself? I don't I don't worry about marketing. I let the I let the uh, labels handle that. You know what I'm saying? I let the <laughs> yeah. big money man do his thing and uh I don't, I never concern myself with it. I don't I mean, I try. You know, I've I've tried to hire like PR people in the past and stuff and you know, sometimes that helps, but uh I think you always got to stay true to yourself. You know, just be yourself and if people like you that that's cool. If not, then you know, that's all right, too, you know? doesn't really matter. Especially at shows, you know, sometimes people will come up to you and say, hey, that was really amazing, and I'll be like, hey, you want to buy a, buy a CD? And they'll say, no, that's all right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's okay, too. I don't I don't think I'm the best uh, to ask about marketing because I'm broke, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's obviously apparent that you love hip-hop music and culture. It's littered all throughout your... Uh, all throughout your music. I feel like everyone kind of has a diving off point where they where they delve into the hip hop culture. Where do you feel like your diving off point was? What are the songs and artists that really got you into rap? You know, early on, I, I like to watch like a wake up show freestyles on uh, YouTube. And I found these guys, Murdoch and Migray McNasty from uh, the Ozone. They were in a crew called Open Campaign. And then, mm-hmm. or, well, that was their duo. And then they were in a crew called Vets Akin. They're all from Orlando and stuff like that. And Murdoch won this challenge, this contest they did on uh, the Wake Up Show. 
Um, that was my first taste of like underground hip hop, and they were using like Doom and Jay Dilla and Madlib beats. And from there, I started listening to those guys, and and those are like my heroes today. And uh, and then I got into Donuts and and all the uh, Jay Dilla albums. You know, obviously I I got into it later in life. Not I mean, because I'm I'm 26, so when you know uh, when I was in high school, I started listening to MF Doom and all those guys and. Uh, you know, Operation Doomsday, and I would listen to Mad Villainy every day, and uh, you know, at lunch and whatnot, <laughs> and bus ride home listening to mm, food. You know, um, sounds like a full day for you. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> high school sucked, man. I hated <laughs> high school, man. I think a little bit of what Vincent was talking about. Um, marketing yourself is kind of this really essential. Uh, sorry, marketing yourself is kind of a, a more eccentric figure. I like eccentric. That's like eccentric and essential. <laughs> It's a, it's a good made-up word. <laughs> so do you face any sort of issues, like as a uh, quote-unquote non-typical rapper? Well, I think I was really embraced by the experimental crowd, which has been cool. You know, I got down with the already dead records, or already dead tapes and records, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, yeah, I got to do my first tour because of them. Well, not, you know, because I had a reason to go somewhere else other than, uh, you know, Philadelphia and... Um, you know, I got to experience a lot and, um, you know, got into free jazz and all that weird stuff and, um, sure. <laughs> noise and whatnot. And, um, you know, punk, obviously I was, I was, I sort of got embraced by the punk crowd early with, uh, doing shows in Philly and New Jersey. I got, I got with this band YJY who they're no longer around anymore. The lead singer moved to Seattle, you know, the usual. Yeah. I think, um, I never worried. I never worried about who's gonna accept you. You know, I um. You just do. You just do what you want to do, and whatever happens, happens. You know, there's no. Sure. There's no really uh, method behind anything. You know, if like uh, like I, I see a lot of those. Um, not not much anymore. But I used to always get those ads on uh, social media. It's like, hey, this is hey this. We know what we know how to make you famous, guy. Here's here's our twelve step <laughs> program. You bu- give me a hundred bucks, I'll send you my send you my PDF file of uh, how to be rich, you know, in the music sure. industry. And um, I think that's all bogus. And um, I think uh, you know, hip hop people like me, but I think I'm embraced by a lot of different genres, which is good, you know. The avant garde scene, avant garde people like me, you know, the weirdos, <laughs> weirdos, <laughs> you know, a bunch of nerds. But that's cool. That's I prefer that. We saw on a couple of your last records, you've worked with, you know, bigger names like Esquire and MC Paul Barman. Can you tell us about that a little bit? Um, I met Esquire some years back. I forget how. I don't, I probably Twitter, you know, that's how you meet a lot of, you know, I sent him some beats and he's like, hey, you're my producer now, man. He said, I remember him emailing (laughs) me that. I sent him some beats. He's like, yo, you're my producer. And I was like, all right. He, uh, He came out to Philly to do a show with me one time. This was, you know years back and um yeah we've been sort of friends ever since you know i'm a big fan of his i think he's one of the best alive man you know he's just incredible and um you know i want to say he's not listening to this but congrats to to his uh he just had his first job with his with his wife and uh that's really incredible so congrats to him mc paul barman i met through uh well i sent him a message on twitter but we also we had some mutual friends in uh steel tip dove who was recording recording a lot of his music in Brooklyn. Yeah, so I went out there, and uh, uh, that recording session for that song was really amazing. Uh, Paul ba- Paul just had a, a bar mitzvah for his son, so we brought um, 
cake from from the bar mitzvah and it was the greatest cake I ever had. You know, it was just incredible <laughs> cake. And then we recorded the song. Yeah, I did my verse first take, you know. Uh, same with him probably. I don't um, I don't remember all aspects, but yeah, it came out great. And um, yeah, now Paul's a friend of mine too, I feel. And um, yeah, he's another great guy who's, you know, we're all just we're all just people, you know. You can't be afraid to reach out to anyone, you know. You mentioned Andy Milanakis earlier, but I, I once sent him an email trying to collaborate with him on a on a seven inch for my label and stuff. He never got back to me, but he did just he did just respond to me on on Twitter. You know, I'm in the process of moving right now, and I was getting some stuff from my parents' house, and I found the um, my Andy Milanakis uh, show uh, first season on DVD, so I had to bring that. And uh, I was just watching it the other night for the first time in years, and um, you know, I sent him a picture of it. He responded with a with a like a, a, an eyes this like look at this emoji. So that's about that. You mentioned uh, Bill Hicks is kind of your spiritual guide. Yeah, definitely. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, well, Bill Hicks is my spiritual guide. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I uh, I got into him through um, uh, pr- hip hop, really, because uh, some like you know one of the you know hip hop blogs or whatever I followed rap twenty four seven three sixty five you know <laughs> real life you know something like that they uh, they shared this uh, his um, his one bit about um, life is just a ride and I thought and I watched that and I was like wow this is this is brilliant you know this is little little uh, teenage Evan like just having his mind wide open his third eye squeegeed you know <laughs> watching Bill Hicks was taking acid to me you know I don't really need it because I'm so uh so out there you know the things he was saying just resonated me with me so much and i just uh i just at one point i was like this guy's second coming to christ you know i don't i don't think that anymore because i think he's i think that takes away from him being human and whatnot but um yeah i just think he's an absolute genius and one of the greatest philosophers of our time and and he's damn funny too you know all, all it the works while. out yeah <laughs> Uh, you mentioned that you did your your verse with Paul Barman in one take as as well as he did. Can you walk us through your creative process a little bit? Does that always happen? Oh, definitely not. Sometimes it takes uh, two, maybe even three times. Wow. <laughs> no, sometimes <laughs> I'll be I'll be here all day. You know, I'll be doing it countless times, and I'll have to give up because I can't I, I can't get it right. You know, sometimes I I get a little with recording. I'm very much a perfectionist at times. You know, well. Mm-hmm. It, with, with recording, I have to get the verse down in one take. That's how I do it. Unless it's a really long verse, then I'll break it up a little. But, uh, you know, usually I have to get it in one take, and that takes a long time. You know, sometimes it's not like that. Sometimes you just... Especially when you're in front of people and, and you have an engineer recording it, like Steel Tip Dove, then you don't want to take too long because you're holding up other people. So then that sort of rushes it because I'm so, uh, I'm so considerate of other people. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, sure. I start thinking like, oh, they just heard this 20 times. They don't want to hear this anymore. I haven't even got to the best part yet. Let me just let's punch in, you know. So yeah. but when I'm by myself, which is most of my recordings, I do by myself sitting in my chair like this. Um, One thing I'm really interested in, this is just like a, a thing I'm most interested in, like all artists is the amount of because like I make music myself, not like pat myself on the back, but like. I, I produced a couple tapes, like nothing huge or anything like that. Uh, Not as big as that Dark of the Super guy, huh? 
Yeah, yeah. Darko Super, <laughs> top tier. Like, the idea of, like, you work on so much stuff and you eventually whittle it down to, like, <laughs> you'll, like, produce hours of material and you whittle it down to, like, eight minutes <laughs> or something mm. like that. It's just, like, I, I, since you put out so much stuff, that's something I'm really interested in is, like, you've, like, uh, it, was it 2018 you put out 10 records? Yes, yeah. Uh, like, how, how does that work? Like, how much stuff did you cut? Was it a lot? Because I'm assuming since this is, like, a thing you're heavily invested in, you do it every day. Yeah, I do it all the, the time. The- you know, every day, and there's a lot. I have a lot of unreleased stuff that I hope never sees the light of day, you know? God forbid I pass away somehow, you know, tragically. I hope none of this stuff ever sees the light of day, you know? What happens is I work on tons of different albums at once. Eventually, I go back to the one that's really the most productive for me and um you know i'll I'll try to wrap that up but but each album is different each album you know i use uh either one producer's beats you know each album has a theme you know not so not so much as their concept albums albums but they always have a theme and uh i try to make them very cohesive in a way because like i i don't know for me personally like it's just like so immaculate and it's just like the process of like finding like stitches and like laying it out is such like a hard task that like for me I'm so such an amateur at it like I'm like like just see like someone like you may like thank you base god <laughs> like it like it meshes pretty well together throughout it's just like I wonder if he like had the intention of making like a little B themed album oh yeah of like, course actually... that's that's yeah each album I have the idea before I ever do it you know not not so not so much as the lyrics and the beats but I always have the idea in mind and when I'm working on songs you know I make a I make tons of different songs and sometimes I have to do variations of them you know like one you know one won't won't stick and it's like you got to do it to a different beat to make it work and re-record it and all that so yeah there's a lot of different versions of things too I will say but yeah I, I write a lot sort of pile all these all these um, songs all these songs and lyrics and verses and whatnot and you have to record, you know, I put, I procrastinate on recording, you know, I have a lot of stuff I have to record and I just don't want to do it, you know, right, you know, and I go back and forth between making beats and, and recording, you know, you know, whatever uh, mood I'm in and whatnot, and um, there is, there is a lot of unreleased stuff and there is a lot of uh, stuff that just d- doesn't make the albums, you know, I'll tell you one story, I tried to cover uh, Little Girls by Oingo Boingo for uh, The Devil Defeated. <laughs> And Steel Tip Dove did not like that one. Neither did my girlfriend. So that song's never coming out. I try to I try to rewrite it like, uh, what else do I love? Uh, video games. Okay, I love video games. You know, <laughs> but uh, then I didn't I didn't end up recording that. I rewrote it, but I was like, nah, it's kind of corny. So you mentioned you obviously love video games. Uh, do you feel like that plays into your music at all? Yeah, it does actually. I think I got my name from a video game of sorts. You know, Gears of War, the very first Gears of War commercial, they played Mad World, and that that got me to, like, looking up Mad World and and watching Donnie Darko, and then Donnie Darko blew my mind as a little 16-year-old. I'm like, what the hell? You know, that was was brilliant. This is the greatest movie I've ever seen. You know, so I changed my (laughs) name to Evan Darko, and then eventually I started listening to MF Doom, and I was like, the super, the super, you know, you could be a hero or a villain. You know, I was, and that, and then I changed my name to Darko the Super, and um, I haven't been able to change it since. So yeah, so video games, big part of, big part of things. You know, um, I did a song called Kill Nazis, 
and that was during a time when uh, they were in the news and shit, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I was playing Wolfenstein. I was playing Wolfenstein, uh, The New Order, and then Wolfenstein, um, whatever the second one was called, and then The Old Blood, you know, because it's, it's the greatest game I ever played, man. Wolf- Wolfenstein 2, by far the greatest story in uh, video game history, right next to Bioshock Infinite, if you ask me. So yeah, so I was playing, uh, I was playing that, and I'm like, kill Nazis, motherfucker, kill Nazis. <laughs> I'm playing Wolfenstein like it's real life, you know, because that's the... I'll tell you the group of people I hate most out of anyone in the history of time. It's Nazis. Then it's police. But number one, Nazis. Some good groups. No, bad groups, man. Bad groups. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, yeah. Bad groups. <laughs> good picks, bad good groups. Good picks to hate. Struck yes. that out. Struck that out. <laughs> yes. Uh, did you, uh, there's this new show on... Just a little plug. A little plug. Maybe they'll send me some cash. Um... There's this new show on Amazon. You know, fuck Jeff Bezos, though. America's first trillionaire. Are you kidding me? Let's kill that guy. But um, I will say Amazon has some very great uh, TV watching, and that will be Hunters on on uh, oh, yeah. Amazon. Oh, my God. It was incredible. And that twist at the end. Woo. Ooh, wow. Wowzers. Wowie zowie. Mama pajama. Holy cannoli. Didn't see that one coming. Yeah, I will say I love I love anything that you know, is taking down Nazis. So when I saw that, I was very, uh, very enthused. You know, one day I would like to kill a Nazi, you know, but, uh, we all have That's dreams. A good goal to have. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> hopefully I don't have to, hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully they'll just, hopefully, uh, Al Pacino and his group of gang will do it for me. <laughs> or you could just kill a Nazi with your rhymes. No, that doesn't, Kill Nazi with my rhymes. Of- that's that's some uh, that's some '90s shit right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Murderous. Let's talk about your record label a little bit. Uh, you don't deserve this beautiful art. Where did that come from? Uh, well, the name comes from Cool AD. He did a he did a drawing or, or you know his art pieces that he sells for a hundred dollars on Instagram. One was called "You Don't Deserve This Beautiful Art," and I was like, "That's an incredible name!" You know, he had the best names. It was like, uh, what was there? Were some other really great ones, and there's still he doesn't name them as much anymore, but he used to, and it was really cool. I saw that one, and I was like, "Man, I got to do something with that." You know, I got to steal that for something. So I thought of doing a record label. I thought like with a record label, you could reach out to all your favorite artists and you know some of them will get back to you and you could work with them without having to like pay for a verse you know you could you know you could work with them in a different way and like sure and uh become close with these people and build friendships to then exploit later on <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah so that's where that came from at least the at least the title you know obviously it's evolved and uh i brought some friends online on board you know my buddy steel tip dove does like the mastering and he's he's put out a bunch of stuff with the label that he can put out whatever he wants you know and um and then my buddy harvey cliff does the artwork and he's really incredible too and we came up with this this terrible idea for a kickstarter that failed miserably you know so it's been a lot of fun you know really it has uh, i've gotten to work with serengeti and tone tank and big baby gandhi and migraine mcnasty who i mentioned earlier he was our first like cassette release and uh you oh, know wow. i've been able to help a lot of my friends out torito and uh static brothers and all these philly guys like e grizzly who i uh you know i've been doing shows with for years and they come to me with their new album and you know people i've I've met through already dead tapes like Molly Pizza, you know, this new wave band. They were 
just we've done I've done a couple performances with them now you know just a lot of bands that I really love and um it's been great to work with everybody and even bigger things are coming so it's 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 been great. Excellent. You mentioned uh, Serengeti is one of your favorite artists of all time. Yes. Is, he's on your record label, correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, we've done a lot of reissues and uh, some new stuff. Like, I put out a, a tape of um, 6E, his brilliant conceptual masterpiece about Kenny Dennis. He'll call me up and tell me all these stories about all these characters he's he's created in this world and this whole... He has a whole cinematic universe in his head, and he's, like, trying to put out graphic novels and... Um, and even do a movie, you know, and um, I just think he's absolutely brilliant with uh, with story building and things like that. It's it's really incredible, you know. And the story of Six E's, um, I mean, I'll let him explain it because he'll. You could go to his Instagram live or whatever, and he'll he'll talk about it forever. So I'll let him do it. But uh, it's really really amazing to me. And yeah, he's Gasoline Rainbows is probably my favorite favorite album of his and that's the next one we're reissuing on on cassette on june 5th so we'll get right back to the interview in just a second we just wanted to take a minute to tell you guys that you can support anthony and todd on patreon at patreon.com forward slash the anthony and todd show we got some new reward tiers added onto our patreon for one dollar a month you can request a song to be reviewed by one of the three of us uh if you have a particular interest of which one you can suggest that to for five dollars you get your name listed in the audio credits at the end of the episode of each podcast and for ten dollars you get to ask us or an artist that we're going to have on a potential question that you want answered uh, you could also find our new style format of reviews on youtube youtube.com for slash the anthony todd show and you can find this podcast if you're listening on youtube you can find it on podbean stitcher apple Podcasts, google play Podcasts, and spotify make sure you hit subscribe on both youtube and podcast streaming services it helps out the channel also make sure to please share this episode and the podcast help get the word out also if you're an artist or have a relationship with music that has a very bountiful story we're looking for people like you to be on the podcast as guests and share their thoughts and stories and their connection to music. You can hit us up at inquiries.anthonyandtodd at gmail.com. We are looking for people to share their story and their connection with music. So if you think that applies to you, please hit us up. Without any further ado, let's get right back to Darko. You're obviously into like indie rap because that's the kind of the, the circles that you run in. Sure. How do you feel about mainstream rap? Man, all that mainstream shit is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's Dave New York say on The Shining? That's that's how I feel about mainstream. What he's uh, it's like Dave New York. What do you feel about rap on the radio? <laughs> that's Jay Dillon saying that. And he's like, man, all that mainstream crap is garbage. You know. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I don't like much of it. Um, I don't. I don't know. Just not for me. Not like. I'm not like angry against it, you know. I'm not like, oh, uh, I understand. You know, yeah. shaking my fist at the sky. Why is, why is Lil Uzi Vert bigger than me? You know, <laughs> I'm not like that. Obviously, I get it. You know, I want to bring up some. There, there was a video of. I only know this because someone tagged me in it. Uh, like, there's a video of Lil Uzi Vert rapping with a fan at at a gas station, and I was wondering, like, why is he doing? He's like dancing in a way while he's rapping. The way he's like, well, and I see that. I seen that in a lot of like. You know, sort sort of trap music like videos and stuff in a way. I don't, I don't know. I thought it was fascinating though. It was kind of it was kind of cool. But um, yeah, my friend my friend tagged me and he's like, 
hey, meet me at 7-Eleven, and we could do this. I said, sure, give me some Tokitos, you know, and I'll rap for hours. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, that's, I know, it's, it's just something I don't relate to, I guess. I will say the number one song in the world right now by uh, Doja Cat. I did a beat for Doja Cat years ago, and I'm still trying oh, to capitalize on it. So <laughs> if anybody wants to hear that song, let me know. Honestly, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, well, it was it was during the SoundCloud days. She she messaged me for a beat I posted, and I sent it to her, and that was about it. You know, well, not uh, okay. no, that, so it never came out. Well, it came out on her SoundCloud years, but it's probably oh, still. Okay. It's like someone re-uploaded it to SoundCloud. You can find it. I used to go by Doc Heller for beats. This was years back when I was just starting making beats, and um, you know, she she liked one of them and did this song to to it called Poison. She never really. It was like a sort of like a demo it sounded like she recorded it on her like laptop microphone or something then then she gets signed to sony right after that and um i get this like email from her agent at sony like a contract to uh you know if they use that beat for her album i would have got i would have got some money you know but um it never really happened very interesting story very in- there you go that's what you get on the anthony and todd show very interesting story <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's nice to hear artists have those like weird connections those, yeah like, yeah weird opportunities you mentioned before like how you build your relationship with mr uh motherfucking Esquire and like paul berman and stuff like that i just find that really cool of how like how small the world truly is sure yeah <laughs> in, in a sense my friend says uh his mom used to say um the world's very small but we're big people you know, something like that. I thought that was cool, yeah. you know, because we are like very that. connected, yeah. you know. So you obviously make beats as well. You mentioned Doc Heller um, being under that name. Recently, Vincent and I, meaning recently like this morning, we're listening to um, Bernie is president on oh, your Bandcamp okay. page. Yeah. And we just think that song is incredible. But we love <laughs> that you sampled every hour the the Kanye yeah, yeah. West song from I've, Jesus is King yeah that's why it's it called Bernie is president because Jesus is right. king that's that's all. I I loved it I loved it yeah <laughs> is is there anything that you're afraid to sample I feel oh, like your, your samples are so eclectic there's nothing that you hold in so high regard that oh you feel like- I see what you mean so high regard you know I used to I used to like I wasn't gonna sample like uh songs I thought were too perfect you know I'm not sampling that but uh not anymore sure. definitely not you know, I'll sample, huh. I'll sample the shirt off your back right now, you know, without an arm, <laughs> I'll spit without an arm, you know? So, uh, yeah, I sample any and everything. Just, just can't release it all. Cause you know, uh, streaming services sort of once, once distro kid got bought by Spotify. Now I can't get samples like that past anymore. So, um, that's right. why, you know, Bernie's president isn't on, isn't on <laughs> Spotify or like, you know, I'm surprised I got my apocalyptic bastard album out, uh, before all that. And, there's a lot. There's like Mad World from Tears for Fears and uh, Teenage Dirtbag by Weedus and um, oh, uh, what's that song? Uh, We're not gonna take it. I got that on there. That's oh, the intro. Sister. Yeah, yeah, terrible song, but I <laughs> I flipped it into like, um, you're not gonna take my CD. Come on, take it. You know, and they're like, we're not gonna take. It. And I, yeah, I like that song. Um, not the, I like my song, not the Twisted Sister one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh understandable yeah there's a bunch of there's a bunch of like alternative rock stuff that i that i sampled on there that are like huge songs that i should not be able to have my own songs with but um <laughs> you know it worked out i used to use something called root note for the longest time and i made tons of money from root note not tons obviously i'm still poor as hell but like 
I was making Spotify checks and that was like really cool, like a few hundred bucks a month for just from streaming. I'll never do that. I'll never see that again because you got to get on playlists and stuff. And I was on all these playlists with my, because people love that, like, you know, I still get emails about these lo-fi, they call it lo-fi, like chill hop. And I was like, right. I didn't know what the hell I was doing back then. That's why it was lo-fi. I didn't know how to mix and master and all that. You know, that's the only reason it was lo-fi. I didn't, these are the first beats I ever made, you know? Yeah, like this company, I don't, I don't remember the name, but they're like, you know, we'd love to sponsor a release of yours, like put all this money towards advertising. And, and so I sent them some new beats I've done and they're like, oh, we were looking more towards the lo-fi, you know, chill hop stuff. And, uh, you know, I just didn't have it in me. I can't do that. I don't know how to. Uh, I guess I know how to. You just do it wrong. I don't know. Streaming is just so terrible, man. I like TuneCore. I use TuneCore and DistroKid now, and um, you know they both have fucked me over so many times. And it's like, why do I still do this? You know, it, but I don't know. It's like you feel like you have to because that'll get your music out to fans. But it's also like, what's the fucking point? You know, it's like it's like 150 bucks because I have a label account. It's like 150 bucks. A yeah, year, it's pretty expensive. And, I'm, yeah. and I've and since however many years I've been doing it, I made like 160 bucks through Distro through Distro Kids. So obviously TuneCore, I made a lot more because I have the uh, publishing administration, which I think is good. You know, they they uh, they copyright all your songs to uh, BMI for you, so you don't have to do it, which is a very complicated, you know, hard process. So I like that. That was like a 75 dollar you know, one-time fee, you know, so that's been cool. And I make, I make more money from TuneCore somehow. I don't get it all. It's, it's tough out here. I've been lucky to have cleared samples too, though. I I will say with like, not cleared, but like I've worked with the artists from, you know, sixties or seventies, you know, soul era and like some eighties, like garage rock stuff. And like, uh, you know, I've worked with these people and, um, or singer songwriter stuff like Dean Friedman, who I'm working with now. And he gave me his whole discography to use, and I'm we're working. I'm working on an album with it, and you know, so I've had had um, like good instances of uh, you know sampling these artists, and then you know even like Buzzy Linhart, who's a hero of mine, rest in peace. You know, he just passed away recently. I uh, I sampled one of his songs, and his son reached out to me on Facebook, like, "Hey, how'd you hear about Buzzy and all this?" And uh, we became friends, and you know, they're very supportive of. Uh, what I do and all that so you know it's been cool and I you know I've I feel like uh part of the whole Buzzy Linhart family in a way you know as as far as uh the music goes you know that's just like so strange to see like making a connection just through like using content sure yeah um with Dean it was a little different I reached out to him on uh like Twitter or whatever and I got his email and I asked him uh, we just did this new uh seven inch the a side is his original McDonald's girl, and then the B side is my uh, version of um, McDonald's girl. I sort of I remixed it. I did an intro uh, covering this Daniel Johnston song called um, "McDonald's on the Brain." You know, Daniel Johnston used to work at McDonald's in Austin and whatnot when he was uh, coming up. Yeah, so I did a whole I sampled McDonald's girl, and I did this whole version of. Uh, you know, talking about sort of building on his story. Like his story was a little, uh, like a little kid falling in love with the, with the, uh, you know, cashier at girl at McDonald's and whatnot. 
yeah, so I sort of wrote a version like, now she's my McDonald's wife, in a way. <laughs> you know, comes home <laughs> smelling like grease and all this, you know. I think never be afraid to reach out to whoever you want to work with, because they might get back to you. Another thing I'm really interested in you is, um, like, you put out so much, so many albums that... Do you ever feel like you replicate yourself in any form? And like with this album, do you feel like you replicate yourself or was it like, what was the process? I'm asking a bunch of questions here, but like one, do you ever feel like you replicate yourself? And two, do you feel like this album replicates yourself at all? I'm sure I do in in some facet. I will say uh, Blacker Carrot, my buddy Phil, Phil Ford, he he produced this album. Well, he sent me the beats that I used. Uh, Some people take like producing so, uh, you know, sacred or whatnot. Yeah, so I will say this is way different from Car Tricks for Dogs, the other album he produced, you know, um, of mine. My first, my first like, actual vinyl uh, LP I did. Um, I feel like this is way different. You know, I got my buddy uh, Hot Town Buffet uh, doing all the um, skits. My buddy Salvador, he's, uh, you know, he's this great comedian out in Detroit who I just love. Um, he does all these great videos on a, he has a YouTube channel called Hot Town Buffet, and um, you know, so he, he, uh, I reached out to him and he sent me all these, all these great, like dark of the super, uh, centric skits that I just loved. And, um, you know, sort of put that together with this album. The, the original title for the album was, uh, beautiful nonsensical clown prints, which I heard on a Bojack Horseman episode, but, um, you know, cold rhymes, my buddy Heike, she's like, I don't know. I don't know about that one, man. Uh, I, so, so I said, all right, never mind. <laughs> you know, instead of the photo, you know, we're doing this now, and uh, that's how that came about. And um, yeah, I don't think I really, I don't think I replicate myself too much. Um, I feel like a lot of my albums have themes. You know, some are like I used to do. I used to have like the the album theme, which is this is me doing all the beats, and this is me really, really uh, working on this. And then I had another theme, like the mixtape style. Like I have this album. You, um, United Malls of America. I consider that like a mixtape because I'm I jacked all the beats from like Doom and and Kanye and uh, Madlib, which I think they went by like uh, Super Villains or something like that. I, I'm probably getting it wrong, but um, like they did they did like one remix for for Gazillionaire or something, and um, yeah, so I had that little theme going. But I think e- each album has a theme, you know, like uh, so I don't think I replicate myself too much, you know each. A lot of my subject matters is uh, usually different or, or 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 non-existent. You know, I just like rhyming, man. You know, I just like if I do replicate myself, I'm sorry. All right, <laughs> but yeah. Does Nevermind have a theme or like a, an idea? Yeah, definitely. Idea? I think. Uh, well, it's it's I I think of it as a com- comedy album almost. You know, it doesn't take yeah. itself seriously. It's just a fun album. You know, there's no like, there's no like uh, my one song, Proverbial Gun. There's nothing like that on there. There's nothing like, oh man, I want to kill myself today. It's a joke in a way. Not a joke. That's that's a bad term. It's looser. I think that's probably what you're looking for. Yeah, that's, it's that's what I got out yeah, of it. Yeah, of course. It's it, I want people to. It's like my take on my favorite favorite kind of rap. You know, which is just like you know, it's me just rhyming. It's it's my E40 album, you know. It's my like Charlie Hustle, you know. It's I want people to listen to this and be like, "Damn, this dude really knows how to rap," and um, he's also saying something too, you know. And he's singing and he's he's having a ball. Look at this guy, you know. And he's got the skits, you know. All uh, all the best '90s albums had skits, you know. And uh, so I got the skits this time, 
it's a release, you know, it's an escape. I want to escape reality, so this is what I created, and I hope other people could listen and escape reality too. So there's a there's a impression of a certain Icelandic pop song or pop artist oh, on here. Oh, uh, was yeah, <laughs> was that was that also Hot Talent Buffet? Well, that's uh, that's a friend of his, uh, okay. this woman Heather, who she does these great impressions of and just like uh, apparently she does this one woman show. Um, she's another like Detroit uh, comedian, actor, you know, singer. Yeah, she did this. Uh, she, you know, Hot Town Buffet, my buddy Salvador got her to do a couple skits for this, like the Bjork and also uh, Liza Minnelli. And um, yeah, they just, it came out great. And uh, I love the, I love the Bjork one. And um, yeah, she's very talented. She does so many different, uh, just cool impressions. And um, yeah, it's really, it really came out great. Yeah. Like that Bjork is like spot on. Isn't it? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just like, it's hard. It's like so like uncanny because <laughs> it just feels like the real thing. Yeah. I actually uh, thought it was a chopped up interview. Oh, really? Oh, that's before. cool. <laughs> yeah. It, was. it actually, it was Bjork actually. It was, oh, I wow. know Bjork. <laughs> I know you, you didn't think I did, but yeah, me and Bjork. She's a friend. I'm not surprised. It's a small world. <laughs> it's a small world. We're big people. I know Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about your album. We're going to play a track from it. The opening, or the, not the opening track, but like the first. Like, it's a, Yeah, it's the first track. one after the intro. It's called Beatbox. Do you just want to say a couple words about it? Um, no. <laughs> let them, <laughs> let them, ex, you know, experience this one. You know, I don't. It's just a, it's just another song, you know. It's just I wrote it driving to work one day, you know, and it's it, I think it's brilliant, you know. And it's like, you know, obviously it has a Beastie Boy influence with the with the chorus and whatnot. And um, yeah, it's just it's just more more. It's a Darko classic, unadulterated Darko. That's all it is. The opening line to this song has been stuck in my head all day. I was at Lowe's earlier and I was just like humming it to myself. I just got <laughs> it was embedded. What is it? Uh, I- so. Uh, jumping off the roof, oh, jumping yeah. in the booth. <laughs> jumping off the roof, jumping in the booth. It might pop, it might lock, it might not, it might shoot. Boost mobile with the flip, keeping on my hip. Cherry honey dip, sunny clip, slime green ugly whip. Yeah, slime green ugly whip is a reference to uh, my friend Ruben's car. He has this big, uh, <laughs> big slime green van that he calls, uh, well, he calls it slime. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> teeth jacked up, coming through with the Mack truck. You'll be in a black tux, laid up dead. I forget the rest, but yeah, you get it. <laughs> we want to thank you for joining us today on this podcast. It's yeah, been thank amazing you. for you to come you here. You got it. Thank, uh, you. thank you. This for has been fun. Your time with nah, Duke this isn't a waste of time. I'll be playing uh, uh, so- Skate 3 that I beat 10 years ago. That's a waste of time. I'll be doing that later. <laughs> uh, so without any further ado, here's Beatbox by Dark and the Super. Jumping off the roof, jumping in the booth. It might pop, it might lock, it might not, it might shoot. Boost mobile with the flip, keeping on my hip. Cherry honey dip, money clip, slime green, ugly whip. Teeth jacked up, coming through with the Mack truck. You'll be in a black tux, laid up dead. I wanna paint the town red. Holding my head and there's no one to fix it. Midgets with the chips and dip, I never fidget. Double digit, bust a biscuit, optimistic, watch me dolly dick it. Scientific with my mind, specific rhymes is mystic. Twisted with the Superman boss, golden voice like Luther Vandross. I sound nice cause I have to. I won't hesitate to blast you if it's past you. My rap proves cashews. Tap you on the shoulder, 
money folder You turn them white like Sammy Sosa See me in the candy rover All from selling Coca-Cola, cherry, vanilla Last urge, she married a fella Working at the Mickey D's Glad you got sick of me Victory is imminent Writing in my tenement Ask her by the door To get rid of the evidence Sometimes you wanna go where they know your name And they're glad you came I got the unique flow and a big old brain Strictly handheld is the style I rock And I never leave home without my Without my Without my Beatbox I bury lanes and Mary games, Mary Jane Serotonin, sharing names, wearing chains Playing blame, switching lanes, pimping dames YMCA with the pickup games I lifted a whole bus once, came to take your trust funds Invest in my record label, motel with the bed bugs But at least we got cable, served you in front of your love girl Mabel Mabel's so pretty Mabel goes to college in New York City Mabel takes me to museums and out for cheesecakes Meanwhile you calling in for the $50 rebate Everybody loves free things, freedom's been around since tree rings All you need is money and status, bumper stickers and magnets I'm voting for Bernie Sanders just like you should I'm trying to do good and donate Your favorite rapper raps about hoe cakes and I'm appropriate Maybe even cook crack, and if not cook, then definitely ought to sell that Not that there's anything wrong with that Don't look over there, pretend we ain't even noticed Control the grill like locusts, focus on the pendulum and how it comes in waves Don't sweat it, someday we'll make a way, break away from the norm and conformity Ain't no spokesman, you know it's me Sometimes you wanna go and they know your name And they're glad you came, I got the unique flow and a big old brain This has been the Anthony and Todd Show. This week's episode was hosted by Vincent Thomas Short and Trevor Abley, and guest star Dark of the Super, who has a new album coming out June 5th called Nevermind. You can also find him on Twitter and Instagram at Dark of the Super. This week's episode was edited by Vincent Thomas Short. If you want to be an executive producer of this podcast, you can go down to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd Show and donate $5 a month. That way your name will get set aloud in these marvelous audio credits for each episode we do. And if you don't want to help chip in financially, you can help spread the word of the Anthony Touch by subscribing to us both on YouTube and any podcast service and also sharing the show with your friends and family. Anything helps. We want to thank you for listening. And until next time, guys, goodbye. <laughs>